This is Audio Insights from Route Consultant. This community of contractors is always on the go, so we've created a resource to move with you. Join me, Spencer Patton, as I talk with my team, fellow contractors, and vendors about our industry. There's a quick disclaimer I need to read. Route Consultant is not endorsed by and is not recommended by Federal Express Corporation and FedEx Ground. Route Consultant is not sponsored by, is not approved by, is not associated with, and has no connection whatsoever with Federal Express Corporation or FedEx Ground. Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. My name is Spencer Patton. I'm the owner of Route Consultant. And today I have with me Kylie Larson. She's our marketing and events director. We're really pumped to do this podcast today to talk to current contractors about how you can be more profitable talk to prospective contractors that are just learning about what this FedEx game is all about, as well as vendors and sponsors that want to find how to reach FedEx contractors and how to reach people that are considering making an investment in this space. Being in e-commerce is really exciting right now. If you've seen anything in the news, you'll know that package delivery is all the rage. And so delivering cardboard boxes from a warehouse to a customer's front door has a element of simplicity to it and also an element of unbelievable complexity. And so I'm excited to talk to you about that today. So let me introduce Kylie here. Uh, You wanna say hello? Hey Spencer, thanks for having me today. I'm gonna be a little bit of a stand-in for a lot of our community. We've had a bunch of events recently and we're planning a bunch of events in 2020. And as we prepare for those events, we've received a lot of questions for both prospective and current contractors. So I'm gonna feed those to you and get your thoughts on where we stand today in uh, January, 2020. That sounds great, we'll take it away. All right, well, I'll jump right in. We hosted an event recently, and so many of the top questions were about the future of FedEx Ground. So to start at a high level, what are your general thoughts about e-commerce, FedEx, and how the future of this market is uh, trending? So I I get this question all the time about what is happening with e-commerce, what is happening with the future of package delivery. And one of the kind of favorite stats that I have that I've been sharing with everybody that wants to listen is that if you look at U.S. retail sales today, the amount of U.S. retail sales that's done online versus done at a brick and mortar location, it's one of the coolest stats that I've found lately. So 12% of all U.S. retail sales is done online. The other 88% is still done at a brick and mortar location which is just unbelievable to me. I mean, if you looked at my house and saw how many packages I was getting on a daily basis, you would think that 80% of US retail sales was done online, but instead it's 12%. So this number by 2026 is forecast to grow from 12% to about 25 or 26%. So we're gonna double in the next six years That's a super exciting space and where you want to be from a package delivery business, we're going to have twice as many boxes in six years from now as what we have today. Um, And that's a business that you want to be a part of. A lot of people are concerned about Amazon, concerned about uh, regional carriers, concerned about UPS and, and just FedEx ground market share in general. And so there's a little mathematical exercise that I I like to walk people through is that if you imagine that your market share, meaning let's say that out of every 10 boxes that there are to deliver, 
FedEx ground, just to make up an imaginary number, might have 10% of that market share. So one box to deliver out of every 10 that people are choosing to ship. So the other nine, people are gonna use the postal service, they'll use UPS, Amazon, any different carrier. If the market share and the market of e-commerce in general doubles over the next six years, so we go from 10 boxes where FedEx Ground has 10% of the market share to 20 boxes, even if FedEx's market share drops by 20%, so that means we go from having 10% of the market to having 8% of the market. The way the math works is that FedEx Ground and us as contractors would still see a 60% increase in revenue as a result of us having essentially a larger pie. So think of the e-commerce space as a, as a pie today currently. That pie is going to be twice its size in six years. So we may have a slightly smaller slice of the pie, but because the pie is so much bigger, that slice is worth a whole lot more. So to clarify some of the biggest questions, you don't see the growth of Amazon's shipping arm as something that's going to push FedEx out of the market. Amazon is going to continue to grow. There's no doubt about it. Amazon has made it very clear that their objective is to deliver all their own packages And that means that excluding FedEx Ground, excluding UPS, and their primary delivery source, the Postal Service, is something that will happen. But if you look at most analysts, they'll tell you that Amazon is at least about five years away from being able to deliver all their own stuff. And it might be as much as 10 years away. They have tens of billions of dollars worth of capital expenditure that they're going to have to invest in order to get to a spot where they can deliver all of their own freight. The most important distinction to make around Amazon as it relates to FedEx Ground is that Amazon has always said that they wanna ship their own stuff. So meaning they want you to list on their website and store in their warehouse, and then they will ship the product for you. What they have not said is just bring your random stuff to us. We don't care whether you sell it on our website. We don't care whether you store it in our warehouse. Just bring it to us and we'll ship it. Amazon has not said that. And that's really what FedEx is. FedEx doesn't care what the product is or where it's come from. FedEx Ground says, bring it to us and we'll ship it for you. So until Amazon makes an announcement to say that they are looking to be in the delivery industry, even beyond just what they sell, I don't think Amazon poses any material threat to FedEx Ground. And on top of it, Amazon has so much to build out for their own network that that threat would be well more than five years down the road. Okay, that's important to know. Another question we had related to all of these future questions are what you thought about the recent FedEx earnings report and how that factors into your thinking about the future. So I will say this, I don't speak for FedEx Ground. I don't have any material non-public information or anything like that. We're not endorsed by FedEx Ground. This is an opinion of a FedEx Ground contractor. But what I can tell you from someone that used to run a hedge fund for five years and traded the financial markets uh, as much as I would ever care to admit, I have had a chance to kind of review the earnings report, listen to the earnings call, And there were some strange seasonality elements that happened, particularly in this last quarter of FedEx's earnings, where because Thanksgiving fell so late in the year uh, or so late in the month of November, 
there was a big ramp up getting ready for Christmas, but the actual revenue for the Christmas season fell into the next quarter for FedEx Ground. So their quarter started in December. So they had all the expense of ramping up for six-day, seven-day operations and all the additional investment that they had to do to get their network ready, but they had no additional revenue to show for it. So this latest quarterly earnings report spooked some people because FedEx Ground didn't have the margins that it has had in the past. So going forward, outside of just a one-off seasonal element, what I really am excited about in the space is that FedEx Ground is a market leader in delivering what are called incompatible packages, which mean non-square-shaped packages that are heavy and bulky. Basically, think of the stuff that you would rather not have to deliver if you were a delivery person. Those are incompatible (laughs) packages. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, sets of four tires, furniture, trampolines, mattresses, stuff like that. FedEx Ground makes a lot of money on those packages. And likewise, we as contractors are paid a premium for delivering those oversized packages. That's going to be a space that FedEx Ground continues to expand its market share in and something that we as contractors are getting ready for as well through operating bigger equipment, and making preparations to be able to accommodate what most consumers are wanting, which is rather than have to go to the store and pick up all this heavy stuff, just have it delivered to my house. Okay. So last question about the future. What about the rumors that Walmart or Shopify are going to acquire FedEx Ground? So these rumors kind of come and go throughout the years and no one really knows what's going to happen in that space. But what I can tell you from my perspective is that FedEx Ground, the delivery network of contractors, is one of the most profitable segments of FedEx Ground's business as a whole. So when you think of FedEx Corporation, they have a lot of different segments. They have Express and they have Freight and Ground. And so Ground is really the crown jewel, in my opinion, of the FedEx Corporation. So if FedEx was to be acquired by somebody like Warren Buffett or Walmart or Shopify or one of those groups, I would actually welcome that because in all likelihood, we would see them retain the contractor model that is so profitable. And if anything, it would improve our density of delivery. So Walmart, if they acquired a delivery network, would be using that delivery network for all of their deliveries. So we would actually pick up some stop density if we were acquired by a major player like that. I think the probability of that is very low. I don't think that that is likely anywhere in the near future. I think it's been more of a reaction to the market saying, what are you going to do, FedEx Ground, in order to compete more with Amazon and these other carriers? And I think the answer to that is FedEx Ground has been unveiling seven-day delivery service, They've been unveiling large package network of really catering towards the big, heavy, bulky boxes. So I think the future is very bright for FedEx in general. There may be acquisition talk many, many years down the road, but I think right now it's a long ways from reality. Okay. Well, shifting gears here um, to some changes that are much more tangible to contractors today, we're getting a lot of questions about SmartPost and the new e-commerce rate. Right now, a lot of contractors are asking about how to profitably um, make that e-commerce stop compensation work for them. And uh, how are you thinking about that in your own operations? So great question. And, and this is something that is 
top of mind for both contractors and prospective contractors about how to navigate this world? So for those of you that are not totally familiar with SmartPost and e-commerce, at a very high level, what's happened is the postal service used to do last mile delivery for a certain type of package called SmartPost. And FedEx Ground would carry the package via their 18-wheelers to the local delivery market, but then the Postal Service would actually be responsible for doing that last mile delivery. Well, very recently, that has all changed. And now FedEx Ground is going to be doing the last mile delivery for all of those packages that the Postal Service used to do. So that means that in different areas across the country, we're seeing volume jumps between 30% and 100% at the flip of a switch. And I know it's kind of hard to imagine. And for FedEx contractors, it has been a unbelievable announcement because it's massive growth. Uh, but the trade-off is that these smart post packages, FedEx ground and the postal service don't receive as much money for delivering and handling a smart post package as they do the normal box that might be dropped off at a FedEx Kinko's or picked up from a business. So that means that contractors are going to be paid less for smart post packages than what they have been accustomed to being paid for all the other freight. So here's how the math really is designed to work and why I think it's going to be something that's going to materially enhance the profitability of contractors. So let's say that you're going into a subdivision and there's a hundred homes in that subdivision. So in today's world, pre-SmartPost, you might deliver to five of those homes that, that have a FedEx delivery that day. You've spent all the fixed cost to get to that subdivision in the fuel, the truck, the driver, but the actual cost of going from house to house in that community is not all that great. You don't burn a lot of fuel, you don't spend a lot of time let's pretend, and I'm just making this number up, that you make $3 per stop times five stops in that subdivision. So you make $15. In another world of smart post, we might see our deliveries to that neighborhood go to 10 homes rather than just five. But let's say that our rates are less and rather than making $3 per stop, we make $2 per stop. So a 33% cut. So in that scenario, with 10 homes being delivered to times $2, we're actually getting $20 for delivering to that community versus the 15 that we received before. Okay. That's kind of a, an element of looking at stop density. And it's one of the most important parts to understand if you're going to be motivated to get into this space is that you want stop density. We will see areas benefit more from smart posts, the areas that have more density, and the areas that are more rural, I think it's a little bit more jury is out on how they're going to do with stop density with all this enhanced smart post volume. Okay, good to know. Uh, what about the new large package facilities coming online? Have you prepared your own businesses for the large package network differently? So the large package network is still a work in progress. FedEx Ground has created a series of what they're calling nodes in facilities across the country that are designed to handle these incompatible packages. So in a normal facility, you'll see the conveyor belts are about four feet wide 
and the chutes are four feet wide that the packages slide down. Well, now that these packages are getting so big and so bulky, a lot of those chutes are not working anymore because they're too small. And so you actually create jams and, and problems within FedEx's own infrastructure that are having to be accounted for in a new large package delivery network. So we're still waiting on some news from FedEx Ground about how exactly this large package network is going to be compensated. What has been made public is that there's the expectation that rather a regular delivery vehicle, you would see more 26-foot box trucks with a lift gate, two employees on board, kind of a very different model, maybe something like a JB Hunt that are used to doing major deliveries. Whereas in the regular network, you're still going to see parcel delivery vans and P1000s and those type of bread trucks that you're accustomed to seeing on the road. So there's, there's still a lot more that we have to learn about the large package network. But I think what's clear is that FedEx Ground is investing a lot into this network to make sure that large packages are very much a part of our future so that ultimately FedEx Ground can improve their margins, we can service the customer better, and we have more stop density and that we have more packages to deliver. Okay. And you noted earlier, it's what distinguishes FedEx Ground from other carriers. That's exactly right. Most carriers want to do anything that they can do to avoid large packages. And they will make the prices to ship those large packages so punitively expensive that people somewhat default towards FedEx Ground. And so FedEx Ground right now has a lot of pricing power in this network to where they can charge very attractive rates and send them through a network but they just have to make sure it doesn't cripple the network along the way. Okay. So maybe the, the most important question right now or the most asked question about all these changes is about seven days. So I know you're a contractor, you work in 10 different states. How is seven day delivery impacting your own businesses? I think that's question number one. And I know I see a lot of questions right now saying, are you working Easter? <laughs> so <laughs> what are you doing in your own operations to accommodate seven day? And how are you talking about this with your staff? Yeah, so seven-day operations is a reality for about a third of my business right now. So it's not rolled out nationwide for all of my operations, but about a third have already transitioned to seven-day. And contractors are choosing to tackle it in different ways. The way that I've decided to tackle it is I like to have a workforce, workforce A, that works five days a week that does Monday through Friday. Some of those workers actually want the extra money and are willing to work a sixth day. So some of that workforce A is going to actually work Monday through Saturday. But then I like to have a weekend workforce. So think of it like a restaurant that might be more busy on a weekend than they would on a Tuesday evening. And we have a staff that will work Saturdays and Sundays. Sundays, no doubt, are a challenge in order to get people to work. Uh, I was reading a Department of Labor statistic that said that of the entire U.S. population, only about 17% of the working population would even consider to work on Sundays. And then on top of that, because we have to have drivers that meet certain qualifications and can pass a drug test and pass a background check, that percentage of eligible workforce on Sundays is pretty small, pretty tight. Wow. So we are having to hustle in order to find enough drivers to work on Sunday. We're paying about 25 to 30% more to our drivers that will just work on Sundays. And that has impacted margins. 
ultimately, Sundays has been a service that customers are excited to get. And at the end of the day, we've got to provide a service to customers that's going to encourage more people to ship with FedEx Ground. But I think we're still trying to figure out how to run that Sunday service and not hurt our margins at the same time. And to FedEx Ground's credit, they've been offering some enhancements and some contract renegotiations to help account for the added cost of Sunday delivery. We just simply don't know exactly what that cost is yet. Okay. And for the answer for Easter, uh, <laughs> yes, you know, we, we will be working on Easter, on Mother's Day, on some traditional holidays that people have never really worked before. So there is some consternation, I'd say about that, from FedEx ground contractors that are, are not too interested on working on some of those traditional holidays that have never worked before. Right, I get that. <laughs> um, someone asked recently, and I thought this was a really interesting question, do you know about FedEx ground doing anything to change its distribution centers to better accommodate seven day? What, what do you have to say about that? So FedEx Ground has been spending a lot of money. If you look at any of their annual reports, their capital expenditure, their CapEx, they have been spending billions of dollars constructing facilities that are going to be large enough to handle all the new volume of packages. And this is not just large and like big boxes. This means just large in terms of pure volume. We're also seeing new facilities constructed, but honestly, it's more utilization of existing facilities rather than just utilizing them five days or six days a week. Now they're being utilized seven days a week. And that's created challenges for FedEx Ground as well. When you look at them trying to hire enough package handlers, the human beings that are in the facility that are sorting packages, that's a challenge. Uh, so I think there's challenges for FedEx Ground, there's challenges for FedEx Ground contractors it's one of those things that's kind of like champagne problems. You have, you have growth that you love to have, but growth at times can be painful. And, and so if you get into this business or if you're a current contractor, I would encourage you to not lose sight of the forest for the trees. You've got a great opportunity to be a part of a business that's growing 20 or 30% per year, which is an exciting spot to be. But does that mean that every quarter that you operate, you're going to be operating at the best margins that you've ever had? No. And, and sometimes it might be the opposite. Some during this growth pattern, we may operate at some of the poorer margins that we've had. I, I don't know whether that's going to be true or not, but I think the mindset is play the long game here and look for the network to ultimately get it right. It may take some time, but we're going to have a lot of growth to reward us at the end of the rainbow. I love that. Uh, with all of this growth, um, our team on the brokerage side and on the consulting side, we're seeing a lot of prospective investors really interested in these investments. And we're also seeing some current contractors who are not interested in these changes. So we're seeing a lot of movement. And so given the growth of e-commerce that we talked about um, up to now and all the changes that we're seeing in the industry, how are you valuing an entity? Yeah, so there's a, a couple points that I want to hit on in there. So the first thing that I actually hear a lot that I, I want to just call out is the amount of FedEx routes that are for sale. I, I hear very often people say, gosh, why are so many routes for sale? And, and so I just want to quickly debunk that myth in that there's around 5,000 FedEx ground contractors in the United States. And Route Consultant, we track every route that is publicly listed for sale on every broker's website. 
So we know exactly how many routes are for sale. And what we generally see is that of those 5,000 FedEx contractors, there's about 5% of the market that is actively for sale. There's probably another 5% that if they received the right offer, they would also be for sale. And, and that's not inconsistent with what you would expect, again, to go back to a subdivision. If you pulled into a, a subdivision of 100 homes and you saw five homes with a for sale sign out front, that wouldn't necessarily alarm you to say, well, gosh, what's wrong with this subdivision? That's a relatively normal amount. And, and again, there's probably five more homes in there that if you went door to door and offered a, a nice price for their house, they'd probably accept that. So I, I like to kind of debunk that myth that there's just a ton of FedEx routes for sale. We're seeing a lot of consistency in the market that people sell for all kinds of different reasons. People sometimes sell because they're ready to retire. They sell because of a family situation, a health situation. But sometimes, and to directly answer your question, we see people sell because they don't want to invest the capital that it's going to take to keep up with the growth. So- right you're going to have to buy a lot of trucks. We're going to have to buy scanners. We're going to have to buy uniforms. We're going to have to build more infrastructure into our business. And all of that costs money. <laughs> and so, unfortunately, sometimes the old saying that it takes money to make money is very true here. So, the people that are looking to get into this space or the contractors that are looking to stay need to get comfortable with the fact that they're going to have to make some substantial capital investments to keep up with the growth going forward. And so to speak to valuation, what we're seeing is that on, uh, if you look at, at total revenue, let's say a business, whether it's line haul or pickup and delivery, does about a million in total revenue. If it's on the pickup and delivery side, we're seeing those businesses sell for about 70% of one year's revenue. So if it does a million in revenue, we're seeing about 70%, so 700,000, that would include an average FedEx fleet of vehicles. That's included in the price. Now, if the fleet is exceptionally great or is brand new, then that price is gonna be much higher. And likewise, if the fleet is just awful and is, is a boneyard on wheels, then you're also gonna see a price discount for that. So there's on a the natural range. Side, yeah, and on the line haul side, you're seeing a 100% of one year's revenue number as generally the, the purchase price in that space. So if there's a million in revenue on line haul, uh, probably better said it's between 90% and 110%. So around one year's revenue is the, the purchase price that we see and that's also inclusive of the fleet. Okay. You know, you, we were talking recently about when you purchased your first set of routes. And I think that was 2013, is that right? That's right. Seven years. Okay. So in the seven years you've been in this industry, how have the values for entities changed? So they've doubled essentially. And so seven years ago, when you look at a multiple of earnings, we saw businesses selling between two and three times EBITDA. So that's earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. The way to think about that EBDA number is that that is after you pay a manager, but before there's any owner's compensation, before there's any investment in the fleet, that's kind of the way that I'm using that terminology of EBDA. So it was two to three times earnings. Now, some seven years later, we see it be between three and a half and five times earnings. 
the three and a half number is generally going to indicate that there's something wrong with the business in some way. It may mean that the fleet really needs some investment. It may mean that there's no manager coming with the business. It may be in a geographic territory that just not a lot of people want to own routes. Likewise, that five times multiple is going to be in a space where probably the fleet is outstanding and you have a manager that has experience that's coming with the business. Perhaps the owner is going to train the next owner for a period of 30 to 90 days. So it's somewhat of a turnkey operation from one person to another. That handoff will be assisted. That's going to help improve valuation. So for my current contractors that are listening, keep those things in mind because those are ways that you can maximize the valuation of your business. Fantastic. So I think those are most of my questions, but I want to not end this podcast without asking you the most popular question we get um, at Route Consultant Well, for you specifically is, if you could go back to 2013 and buy your first set of routes again, would you make the same decision to enter this market? Yeah, I, I like that question. I think it's a fair question. And, and the answer is absolutely yes. What I love about this business model is that in most businesses that you own, you're always fighting a two-front battle. And so what that means is that you're fighting a battle for revenue and you're fighting a battle to control your expenses. So for revenue, you can have the best product in the whole world that's selling and unbelievably good there. But if you can't control your expenses, you're going to be insolvent and out of business. And likewise, you can be the best expense control person, best operator that anyone's ever seen. But if you have a product that is not selling and no revenue, you're equally insolvent. What's nice about this business is that you really have no control over your top line revenue whatsoever. The packages that you have to deliver or the line haul trailer that you have to move between one location and another is not something that you can do to increase or decrease. Instead, what you can do is control your operating costs. And so you're gonna focus on payroll, you're gonna focus on repair and maintenance, and try to keep your business in a healthy margin territory by controlling your expenses well. The other element of this is this business has no marketing expenses. You have no salespeople to employ. You have no research and development costs. You have no inventory that you have to track and keep and invest dollars in. You have no inventory obsolescence, so none of it goes bad. Your account's receivable. You get paid every single week by FedEx Ground, and they pay on time every time. So you don't have to worry about people not paying you or bad debt. Uh, you don't have an industry that is changing so rapidly that you could go out of business overnight. This is a business where you have a contract with FedEx Ground and FedEx Ground can't just dismiss you as a contractor because they feel like it, where there's a lot of other industries where your customers can fire you at any point and they don't have to give you a reason or a notice or ex explanation as to why. The other benefit is that the gains that you have are very tax advantaged as well. So you get to depreciate the value of your fleet. You get to depreciate the value of your purchase price. And so for the first six years that I owned this business, I didn't have to pay a dollar in taxes because I was able to depreciate the value of my fleet and plan intelligently from a tax perspective 
So those are just some advantages that when I go back and I look at all the different businesses I could have bought, and I looked at a lot of them. I looked at, at tutoring businesses. I looked at liquor shops. I looked at gravel delivery businesses, graphic design. I mean, everything that you can imagine, I looked at those businesses and I settled on this one because this is part of an industry that is growing at such a pace uh, that I feel like there's a bright future ahead for everything in e-commerce, just the, the staff that we started the podcast with to say that by 2026, we're going to see e-commerce double is a really exciting space to be and somewhere that I want to own a business that is going to benefit from that growth. That's a very comprehensive answer. I love it. Um, so those are all of my questions for today. And I uh, want to wrap up by saying that I think we're going to have a million other questions coming down the pipeline this year because there's a lot of change. And so I'm thinking that you and I are going to continue to do this, maybe pop in once a month and continue to answer the top questions that we're getting from our community. I think that sounds awesome. We'll definitely have contractors on here. We're going to have vendors on here and we'll definitely be announcing uh, kind of events and, and activities that we have coming up. We're going to be doing profitability roadshows for current contractors all across the country to help contractors learn some of the low-hanging fruit that they can capture in order to make more money. We also host summits and educational events for individuals that are prospective contractors and want to learn about what these FedEx investments are all about. I teach all of those myself. So I would love to uh, get to meet some of you all that participate in these podcasts and uh, contact us through our website. Awesome. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Kylie.